and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and biology graduate specializing in the human microbiome, Matilda Hansley-Davis, is talking to us about wheat variants. With yours truly, Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician, fluid mechanist, and wheat lover extraordinaire. So... Plant scientists have identified a gene mutation that might help produce higher quality wheat. Matilda, first things first, why wheat? Good question. Uh, There are lots of plants out there. Um, (laughs) So basically it's to try and produce more and better quality food for the world. So wheat is the world's most widely produced cereal crop. There are two main varieties of domestic wheat. So there's durum wheat, which is used to make pasta, and bread wheat, which is used to make bread and uh, most other wheat products. And wheat also accounts for about 20% of the world's like dietary protein. So I actually had no idea that there were two different types of wheat, but I had heard of durum wheat. So that has cleared some things up already. (laughs) So the scientists were trying to find a better variant of wheat. Yes. So apparently with some other crops like corn and rice, the more flowers you have, the more grain you get because the grain Mm -hmm. kind of grows out of the flower. So initially they were looking for wheat varieties that have more of uh, what's called spikelets, which are the little (laughs) um, spikes on the wheat plant that the flowers grow out of. Oh, cute. (laughs) Yeah. And um, another kind of cute fun fact that I learned is that the wheat flowers are actually called florets. Oh, like in broccoli? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so how did they do this? Yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting. So they were looking at a big collection, what's called a library of mutant wheat varieties. So these scientists at a research institute called the Johnson Centre in the UK created these variants by treating wheat with a chemical called ethyl methanosulfate or EMS, which creates kind of random small mutations in the wheat's DNA. And so how do they know that these gene mutants are safe? That is a good question. I understand why people might be concerned about that. But being a mutant is not a bad thing in this context. (laughs) So these kinds of gene mutations actually happen all the time in nature, like mutations get introduced because the cell makes a little mistake when it's copying its DNA before it divides. It even happens in us, like in our bodies as well. Mm-hmm. And so how selective breeding for agriculture traditionally works is you look for a mutation that's beneficial to randomly pop up in a plant and then someone has to notice that and then keep breeding that mutant plant to maintain this desirable change or feature. And that's something humans have been doing for thousands of years. Oh, wow. So that's actually how we change crops to make them more desirable. That's really interesting. Mm, Yeah. And so the same kind of gene mutation that was found in this new study actually also occurs naturally in in other wheat genes and genes in other crops. So it's actually the same kind of genetic mutation that is the main separation between spelt grain, which is this kind of ancient form of wheat um, you might have seen in a health food store or something, mm-hmm. and the domestic wheat that we more commonly use. And scientists think that that mutation that separates spelt and modern wheat probably happened about eight to 10,000 years ago, you know, just through natural processes. So what this mutagenesis treatment with the EMS is doing is basically the same thing. It's the same kind of small mutations, but it's speeding it up because we don't have thousands of years to wait for better crops to randomly come along that can feed more people. 
Yeah, I definitely don't have thousands of years. So um, we've got this big library of mutant wheat varieties and they're essentially growing them to see if they produce more flowers. Yes, that's right. And so they did find some that produced more flowers, so more spikelets. But when they tried growing the wheat in the field under normal agricultural conditions, the plants didn't actually produce more grain. So they do have more flowers, but not every flower ends up producing a grain in the end. Right. And I guess that's just how science goes sometimes, right? Like you think you've found something promising, but then you actually test it and it doesn't always work the way you hoped it to. Yeah, exactly. It's it's part of the scientific process. Um, but as a bit of a plot twist, these mutant wheat varieties that they tested did produce grain that was much higher in protein content than uh, normal wheat, like up to about 20% higher. And as one of the researchers, Scott Bowden from the University of Adelaide told me, that's really big. Usually you get excited if you can grow wheat that's 2 or 3% higher in protein than the current varieties. Wow. So the wheat mutants don't produce significantly more grain, but what they do produce is higher in protein. Right. And so this could pave the way to growing and producing much more nutritious food. So the next step is to crossbreed this high protein wheat with the wheat that farmers currently grow to hopefully transfer that beneficial high protein mutation across to the offspring, so the the plant babies. (laughs) And then when the plant babies grow up, they will cross them back again with the currently used wheat. So eventually trying to breed a wheat that has all the good qualities of what we currently grow, plus this extra change in the DNA that produces higher protein grain. Amazing. I, Matilda, I never thought wheat could be so interesting. And now I just want to wish my good luck to those plant babies. Go forward <laughs> and produce protein at higher rates. We appreciate it. So thank you to everyone for listening and be sure to keep an ear out for our next installment of Cosmos Science Daily. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia. Ever wondered how old the Earth is and how we know? Or exactly how popping candy works? From Listener and Cosmos magazine comes, huh? Science Explained, a weekly podcast where we answer all of life's questions, big and small. No lab coats required. And we'll do it in 10 minutes or less. Search Huh? Science Explained. Download the Listener app now and listen for free. Listener.